بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the conquest of Egypt which took place in the year 18 of the Hijrah during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab And the conquest of Egypt was done under the commander Amr ibn al-As And during that same year the same year that the conquest of Egypt took place there was a severe event that afflicted Medina and the areas in the Hijaz around Medina. The 18th year of the Hijrah was known as Am al-Ramada, the year of the ashes. And that is because it was a year where there was a severe drought that afflicted Medina and the rest of the Hijaz. And this drought led to famine. It led to death of the vegetation, which led to death of the animals, which led to there being no food available. No fruits, no vegetable, no crops. The animals are dying. So the people also became hungry. And there was nothing for them to eat. So this was a very severe distressful situation for the people of Medina and the people of the rest of the Hijaz. And the reason why this year became known as Amur Ramada, the year of the ashes, some scholars say that it was given this name because the land had become so barren and so dry that whenever there was any wind, it would just lift up the dirt which was so dry that it would scatter in the air like ashes. And some of the scholars have said that it was known as Amur Ramada, the year of the ashes because the heat was so intense and there was no water coming down from the sky to lessen the effect of that heat. So because the heat was so severe, the land actually became darkened. The land actually became black so it looked like ashes so this year became known as the year of the ashes another explanation another interpretation that some scholars have they say that it became known as Amur Ramada the year of the ashes because during that year during that famine so many animals died so many people died so much wealth was lost because the main wealth that the people had during those, those times, it was animals. You know, camels, sheep, goats. This was, this was wealth. Right? So with all of these animals dying, the wealth was destroyed as well. So a loss of wealth, a loss of, of food, a loss of life. So much destruction, death and destruction all over the place. So ashes, this is like a metaphor for death and destruction Amur Ramada the year of ashes everything became ashes everything was destroyed right so it was a very very severe calamity that afflicted Medina now during this famine 
wild animals and rodents, rats and other types of rodents that used to live in the wilderness, in the desert, they didn't find any food either. So they actually came into the city looking for food. So Medina became a place where there were a lot of, of rodents coming in from the wild. Rats and other types of rodents. Now when these rodents were coming into the city, what would the people do? Look at the desperation of the people. Look at the dire situation of the people in Medina. What were they doing when these, these rodents were coming into the city? They would dig holes and make traps near their homes for these rats and other rodents to get trapped in. Why did they want to trap them? They wanted to trap them so that they could catch them and they could eat them because they had nothing else to eat. So the desperation had reached such a level where these people were eating rats and rodents. So that was the situation. That was the severity of this situation. Now Alhamdulillah by this time like we mentioned it's the 18th year of the Hijrah. By this time the Islamic lands had become very expansive. We spoke about the conquests that took place during the reign of Umar ibn al-Khattab. The conquest of Sham, the conquest of Persia. Last week we spoke about the conquest of Egypt. So Alhamdulillah the Muslim lands had grown to a very expansive set of lands. And Alhamdulillah those other areas like Persia and Egypt they were not afflicted by the drought or the famine. They were okay in terms of their food and in terms of their sustenance. Alhamdulillah. So Umar radiallahu an, what he did is he sent letters to the governors of these different lands. He sent letters to his governors in Persia, his governors in Asham. He sent a letter to Amr ibn al-As who, who is now the governor of Egypt. Right? He sent these letters to these different governors asking them for aid, asking them for relief. Send food to the Hijaz, send food to Medina and the cities neighboring Medina. We're in a very, very difficult situation. The people are dying of hunger. So he sent these letters to these governors to send help. And as we know, the Prophet ﷺ said, about the Muslim Ummah, مَثَلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي تَوَادِّهِمْ وَتَرَاحُمِهِمْ وَتَعَاطُفِهِمْ مَثَلُ الْجَسَدِ إِذَا اشْتَكَى مِنْهُ عُضْوٌ تَدَاعَ لَهُ سَائِرُ الْجَسَدِ بِالسَّهَرِ وَالْحُمَّةِ That the likeness of the believers in terms of their mutual love and mercy and compassion that they have towards one another is like one body. If one part of the body is, is ill, then the whole body will feel the effect of that with fever and fatigue, right? If you're injured on one part of your body, it's not only that part of your body that's going to be suffering. You're going to be suffering as a whole, right? So this, this is the likeness of the Muslim Ummah. So if the Muslims in Medina are suffering, then the Muslims in Egypt, the Muslims in Sham and the Muslims in Persia, they cannot be sitting comfortably and relaxing in their homes when they know that their brothers and sisters in the Hijaz are suffering. They would not be comfortable with this. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he sent these letters to his governors to send help. So when Umar radiallahu anhu wrote a letter to Amr ibn al-As, Amr ibn al-As, the conqueror of Egypt, 
and now he is the governor of Egypt. Egypt was the wealthiest and the most well-off of the lands from the lands that the Muslims had conquered up to this point. The Muslims conquered Persia and Sham, right? And Persia, it had an immense amount of wealth. And Sham also had a good amount of wealth. But the amount of wealth that there was in Egypt, that was the most of everything, right? So, so, so Egypt was the wealthiest land of the Muslims at this time. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he writes this letter to Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu, asking him to send relief to Medina. Send relief to the Hijaz, send food, send clothes, send supplies. So when, when Amr ibn al-As in Egypt, when he received the letter of Umar ibn al-Khattab he was very deeply affected by this. Like, this is what's happening in Medina. My brothers and sisters in Medina are suffering. They don't have food to eat. I need to do something immediately. So he took immediate action and he wrote a letter back to Umar ibn al-Khattab and in that letter he said, That relief is coming, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. Relief is coming, I'm sending it. Just tell your people just to be patient a little bit longer. Help is coming, inshaAllah. That I'm going to send you a caravan full of food and clothes and supplies that is so big, that when the front of it reaches you in Medina, the back of it will still be here with me in Egypt. That's how big of a caravan I'm going to send to you. So this is what he sent to Umar ibn Khattab and he immediately started to get these supplies and this food ready to send to Medina. And he also said in his letter to Umar ibn Khattab that I will send you this caravan, these caravans full of food and supplies by land. And inshallah, I will also find a way to send you supplies by sea as well. I will send it through the Red Sea. By land and by sea. And he said that ships can carry bigger loads than camels. Right? And also, you know, perhaps coming by sea, that would be faster than coming by land. So he said, I'm going to send you by land on camels and I'm going to send you also by sea. And then he started preparing everything. He started getting everything ready to send. And alhamdulillah, he made a great effort to do this. And Umar radiallahu an, in addition to sending a letter to Amr ibn al-As asking for help, he also sent letters to the other governors of the other lands as well. The, governor, the governors in Sham, the governors in Persia, Right? And they all sent whatever help they could send, alhamdulillah. And the relief, it started to arrive in Medina. A caravan of 1,000 camels sent by Amr ibn al-As from Egypt, loaded with food. Each one of these camels carrying a full load of food. 1,000 camels arrived from Egypt in Medina. And Amr ibn al-As also sent 20 shiploads, 20 shiploads full of flour and oil and 5,000 garments of clothing for the people. He sent, he sent that through the sea. Right? Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas from Iraq, he sent 3,000 camels carrying food and also 3,000 garments of clothing for the people. 
So Alhamdulillah, you know, Umar radiallahu an is getting a response from all of his governors in the different areas and they're all doing whatever they can to help the people of Hijaz and the people of Medina. As soon as the food and supplies arrived in Medina, then the on-the-ground relief operations began. So the food arrives in Medina, but now still there is the issue of distributing the food, going from family to family, going from house to house and taking care of their needs. So you need a team on the ground, in the field, taking care of this. So Umar radiallahu an, he appointed a Zubair ibn al-Awwam radiallahu an, one of the very close companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he's one of the 10 companions who was given glad tidings of Jannah by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. A great man, a man known for his loyalty and his, and his courage. Zubair radiallahu an. So Umar radiallahu an appointed him, go door to door. Go door to door with this, this food and these supplies and deliver food to each household and also instruct them, instruct them on how to make the most use of, the, of this food and these supplies. So, you know, these camels had loads of flour on them. So he told us, Zubair, instruct, instruct the people to make bread with the flour and instruct them to slaughter the camel. The camel comes with food on it. So take the food, make bread with the flour, slaughter the camel, use the fat of the camel as oil. And as for the meat of the camel, dehydrate it, dry the meat so that it will last longer. Once you dehydrate the meat and you dry the meat, it can last for months. It won't go bad. It won't spoil. Right? So then inshallah, you know, this will last for a long time and inshallah it will last until this famine ends, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts this difficulty from us. So as Zubair ibn Awam, he was instructed with this great responsibility, go house to house, give the people the food and the supplies and teach them, give them guidance on how to make the most use of this as well. So when Umar radiallahu an appointed as Zubair radiallahu an with this responsibility, he said to him, he said to him, after your companionship with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, after your companionship with the Prophet ﷺ, perhaps this is the greatest virtue you will attain, doing this service for the people. The fact that you are a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, that's, that's your greatest virtue. But after that, perhaps this is going to be the greatest thing that you have ever done, the greatest virtue that you will ever achieve. And as Zubair ibn Awam, a great man who participated in so many battles with the Prophet ﷺ, and even after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ, he continued to participate in so many battles. But Umar is saying to him that this service that you're doing now, going door to door, giving food to the people, making sure that they're taken care of, I, I feel that this is going to be the best thing for you after your companionship of the Prophet ﷺ. So these type of efforts, relief efforts, serving the people, taking care of the needs of the people, alleviating difficulties from the people. This is a service that, that brings great rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Umar radiallahu an also tasked Abu Ubaidah radiallahu an with a similar responsibility, going home to home. This is not only in Medina, this is in Medina and outside of Medina too, in the Hijaz, throughout these lands where the famine had afflicted. So he sent Abu Ubaidah radiallahu an also going home to home getting food to the hungry families and the hungry households. 
And after Abu Ubaidah completed his duty, Umar ordered for 1,000 dinars to be given to Abu Ubaidah. And when this 1,000 dinars was presented to Abu Ubaidah, Abu Ubaidah he said, Inni lam a'mal lak ibn al-Khattab. I didn't do this for you, O oh, Ibn al-Khattab, O oh, son of Khattab. I didn't do this for you. Inni innama amiltu lillah. I did it for Allah. Walastu akhudu fi thalika shay'an. And I'm not going to take any type of payment for this. I did this for Allah. So then Umar radiallahu anhu explained to Abu Ubaidah. He said, Ya Aba Ubaidah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to send us on many tasks. He used to assign us many duties and we used to go and complete these tasks and these duties. And then after we would complete these duties, he would order for some money to be given to us. And we would dislike it. We didn't want to take the money. And we would tell the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, we don't want to take money for this. But the Prophet ﷺ would insist that we take it. And when he would insist that we would take it, then we would take it. So yeah, Aba Ubaidah, take it. Take it, accept it. And inshallah it will be a means of assistance for you in your deen and your dunya so after hearing this explanation then abu ubaidah he humbly accepted this from umar ibn al-khattab so you can see that umar he appreciates he greatly appreciates those who are on the field those who are on the ground doing this relief work in a time of calamity this is the type of, of work and effort that is really from the most honorable of actions and these people who work in these fields and make these efforts, they deserve our respect. And you know, we should always be making dua for these people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them and bless their efforts. Regarding the leadership of Umar, the personal leadership, how he took this responsibility and he took it very seriously. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, he said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on Umar radiallahu I saw him during the year of the famine. I saw him during that year with his servant Aslam. And both of them, Umar radiallahu and Aslam, they're both carrying food on their backs to go to the hungry families. Umar radiallahu he's doing it himself. He's making effort himself. He's not just delegating people to do it. Yes, he's assigning people to do it, but he's taking responsibility himself as well and doing it personally as well. So he and his servant Aslam, they're going with food on their backs to deliver it to the hungry families. And Abu Hurairah radiallahu he crossed their path and he saw them. And Umar radiallahu asked him, Ya Abu Hurairah, where are you coming from? And Abu Hurairah said, I'm coming just from nearby here. And then Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, he joined them as well. He said, let me help you guys. I'll join you guys as well. So he carried some as well. And the three of them went together. Umar radiallahu anhu and Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu and Aslam. And they're carrying food on their backs. And they go to a, an area, a region that is known as Sirar. Sirar is somewhat far away from Medina. Remember, this famine, it didn't only afflict Medina but it afflicted Medina and surrounding areas in the Hijaz as well. So they went outside of Medina to the area of Sirar to provide food to the families over there. So when they arrived in Sirar, they saw the families of that town, of that region. They saw them and they saw the difficulties that, that they were going through. They saw what this famine, what effect this famine had upon them. The people of Sirar, they said, 
when they saw Umar radiallahu anh, they said, we're so hungry, this is our food. They were eating, they were eating the skin of dead animals. The skin of dead animals, they would, they would basically put it on the fire and they would, they would eat the skin. And in addition to that, the, the, the bones of dead animals, they would take the bones of dead animals and they would crush the bones and make it into a powder and then they would eat this powder of the bones. That is how hungry they were. They had nothing, they literally had nothing else to eat but the bones and skin of dead animals. So Umar radiallahu anh, he was very, very deeply affected by what he saw. And he came with food for these people. So he didn't just deliver the food to them and say, okay, I got you food. Assalamu alaikum. No. He unloaded the food and he started cooking for them right there, personally cooking. You know, he made bread from them for them. You know, he cooked some meat for them from these supplies that he had. And he fed them. He didn't just make the food for them and, and just give it to them and let them eat. No, he made sure that he fed them. And he stayed there and he kept feeding them until they were full. When they were full, uh, then he was satisfied and then he left. And he made sure that he would check up upon them from time to time. And he made sure that there was a continuous supply of food coming to these people. He didn't want even one single household anywhere to be left alone. But everyone should have food. Everyone should be taken care of. And he took this as a personal responsibility upon himself. This took a very heavy toll on Umar radiallahu anhu. This responsibility knowing that he is responsible for every single person, every single Muslim. He is responsible. If one person goes hungry, Umar radiallahu anhu, he considers that is on his neck. So you can imagine how heavy this was on Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh. Abdullah ibn Umar, the son of Umar radiallahu anh, he says during that year of the famine, my father, he was, he was a different person. He would lead the people in Salatul Isha. Then he would go home. Then he would start praying Qiyamul Layl. And he would pray pretty much the whole night until the time of suhoor. Until the end of the night. He would just be praying the whole night. Begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. And then at the time of suhoor, he would, he would come out of the house and he would go to the outskirts of Medina. And he would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last part of the night, the last one third of the night, this is the time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ فَأُعْطِيَ هَلْ مِنْ دَاعٍ فَأَسْتَجِيبَ لَهِ هَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ فَأَغْفِرَ لَهِ The last third of the night when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks, is there anyone who will ask me so that I will give him? Is there anyone who will call upon me so I will answer him? Is there anyone who will ask me for forgiveness so I will forgive him? So Umar radiallahu anhu, he wants to take advantage of this blessed time and he would make dua during the last part of the night. Allahumma la taj'al halaka ummati Muhammad ala yadi. Oh Allah, do not allow the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be destroyed under me. Allahumma la tuhlikna bis sinin. Oh Allah, don't destroy us with famine. Ya Allah, lift this calamity from us. And he would keep making this dua, repeating it over and over and over again for the rest of the night. So he took it very, very seriously. During the nights of this famine, when the food, when the, when the relief was coming in from Egypt and Persia, when these food supplies would come into Medina, Umar radiallahu anhu, he would arrange these huge nightly dinners, public dinners where 
you know, lots of bread and meat would be cooked. And these dinners were open for everyone. Everyone just come and, and eat. Right? And Umar radiallahu anhu himself during these dinners, there would be like literally thousands of people coming to these feasts every night in Medina. And Umar radiallahu anhu, was he sitting and eating with the people? No, too busy serving the people. While they're sitting and eating, he's going and seeing, okay, who needs more bread? He's giving more bread. Who needs more meat? Giving more meat on this side, more bread on this side, more soup on that side. Going around just making sure everyone is taken care of every night. This was the, the personal way that Umar radiallahu took this situation. He felt that this is the responsibility upon my neck. I need to make sure that my people are taken care of. And as for the people who couldn't come and attend these nightly feasts, Umar radiallahu anhu would, would make sure that he knows who's not able to come and he would make sure that he has food delivered to the homes of those people who are not able to come to the feasts. So he took it as a great personal responsibility upon himself. And as for he himself, he would not eat any meat. Yeah, meat was coming. Right, those camels were coming and they were being slaughtered and distributed to the people. But Umar radiallahu anhu himself, no, no, he would not eat any meat. He said, if, if there's even one person in the ummah who's not able to eat meat, then how can I eat meat? So he would not eat meat. He would not eat any type of rich foods at all during this time. He had to make sure that all of his people are taken care of. He would only eat just enough to survive. He was living for months on oil and vinegar. That's what he was eating. Oil and vinegar, just enough to survive. Such to the extent that during the year of the famine, during this Amur Ramadah, that the effects of physical weakness could be seen on the face of Umar ibn Khattab and in the body of Umar ibn Khattab. He, he physically became weak during this year because he himself was, was not eating much. Just enough to survive. But he favored the Ummah over himself. This is a true leader, radiallahu anhu. So this went on for nine months, this famine. Very difficult nine months. And then Umar radiallahu anhi ordered for the people to gather to pray Salatul Istisqa, the prayer asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for rain. So he told the men and the women and even the children, come out, come out, everyone come out and let's, let's beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's humble ourselves. Ask Allah for forgiveness and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lift this calamity from us. So he came out and the people came out and Umar radiallahu an led the people in Salatul Istisqa and he made dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down rain. And then he requested the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib radiallahu an. He was still alive at that time, Al-Abbas. He was very old by this time. But Umar radiallahu anhu requested Al-Abbas radiallahu anhu to make dua. To make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send rain down upon the ummah. And Umar radiallahu anhu in his dua he said, Allahumma inna kunna natawassalu ilayka bi nabiyyina fatasqiyana. That, Ya Allah, we used to ask our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was still amongst us, we used to ask him to make dua to you for us and you would send rain down to us when we would do that. We would ask Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, make dua to Allah for rain and he would do it and then you would send rain down to us, Ya Allah. وَإِنَّا نَتَوَسَّلُ إِلَيْكَ 
And now we are asking the uncle of our Prophet ﷺ to make dua to you, Ya Allah, to send down rain. So Ya Allah, send rain down to us. So he asked Al-Abbas to stand up and, and make dua. Al-Abbas he made humble dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send rain to the people. And Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered this dua. The clouds gathered, the clouds started forming in the sky. And the people were amazed to see the clouds. They hadn't seen these rain clouds in a very long time. And the clouds, they gathered and gathered until it looked like mountains in the sky. And then Alhamdulillah, the rain started and it started to pour and pour and pour. And this rain, Alhamdulillah, it lasted for 15 days. It rained for 15 days, alhamdulillah. And through this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought an end to the drought and He brought an end to the famine. And He brought life back to the land, alhamdulillah. The animals had food to eat, the crops were growing again. The people were able to eat again and alhamdulillah, this famine and this calamity ended. So this was one of the most difficult periods during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab but once again he proved what a great leader he was and the great concern that he had for his people Inshallah next week we'll continue with the biography of Umar ibn al-Khattab Jazakumullahu khayra wa barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in